Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batman-on-film.com for all the latest and coolest and greatest and shameliest news. I don't know. Either way, go to batmanonfilm.com. Uh, I am very excited about today's episode, uh, bringing with me once again, uh, TJ. Thank you so much for joining me again, TJ. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always when you, whenever you think of me, I am honored. I I appreciate that. Um, this is uh, so this is this is uh, going to be another DC Pride special, but we're going to hone in on one aspect of the book. Although I did enjoy this year's DC Pride comic. Um, I will admit I didn't love it as much as I loved last year's. I thought last year's, I don't know. There yeah. is overall better stories. No offense. That's to interesting. Me. No, I, I haven't really thought about it. So last year, I feel like last year was like monumental. So yeah. it really has like this. Um, no, I, I almost said nostalgic. I'm like, it was only a year ago. <laughs> but it, it like, does it, feel longer. You know, it was just like a very pure moment in comic history recently yep. i think so looking back at it it's very um very pleasing uh, i don't have any bad memories you know this time around there's been some controversy around some of the stories one in particular um so yeah like this one has a little bit more negativity being talked about unfortunately mm-hmm. but i think there's still some really really good stories in here so i haven't really pitted them against each other but yeah, I mean, I can totally see why you would prefer the first one, for sure. I think if, you know, as uh, silly as it might sound to say, it's like there were characters I was much more familiar with the first time around. Um, and and I don't know. And it was very yeah. interesting versus uh, this this time, you know, you get a character like, um, I don't even know her name. The, Is it the, Nubia? the green lantern uh, both of them both of them. Oh, the, yeah i, I don't okay, i don't I'm, know them i'm a dc newbie so anyone outside of the bat family i'm like who is this again most I, times so yeah both times around i was like who is this person yeah yeah but i did like uh tim drake's story uh oh yeah he you know i think that's a cool evolution for the character um and yeah. uh and you know, I said this in a uh, in another show, but I think what Tom Taylor has done with he's he's done two things with Superman that I think are great. One is the um, you know, and, and other okay, two two good things with Superman and otherwise uh-huh. like crappy Superman takes. Like the first one being the evil Superman in Injustice. That, you know, anytime anybody's like, oh, I'm so tired of the evil Superman, I say, I agree. However, Injustice Superman is the best. Um, but then uh, but then also, I, I didn't really care for John Kent being aged up when Bendis was on the book. Uh, but when uh, Taylor took over the book, and then, you know, then they reveal he's bisexual, I was like, you just added so many new layers to this character that I didn't even know I wanted, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of really weird things that alter a character so severely, like aging one up like that. So I know that's a very unpopular thing with a lot of fans, John being, I think it's five years older. So I get it. But like you're saying, Tom Taylor took over the character and I think he's really establishing like a definitive run on the character right now. I love the son of Kello so much. So like, I was thinking the other day, like, is there a chance that John's going to get aged back down? I'm like, at this point, I don't think so. Because I think his run is being so successful uh, that I think they're going to want to keep him around. And I'm okay with that. I'm I'm really enjoying what Tom Taylor's doing. Uh, and you brought up the Tim Drake story. That is, you know, full disclosure. It's my favorite story from this book. I'm sure. Not because <laughs> I think it's the best one in the book. Uh, although I think you could argue that it does what it's trying to do the best but all these stories are trying to do their own different thing and they all do it very well for the most part uh but the tim drake story just um you know we have the tim drake special that just came out today that we're recording which collects a lot of the stories 
that explored Tim's sexuality from the last year. Mm-hmm. And all of those stories really shy away from the intimacy in his relationship with this character, Bernard, mm-hmm. which is a little unfortunate. And, you know, maybe that's something they're building up to. But this this Pride story about Tim and Bernard really got into that intimacy that I've been missing and craving. And I feel like it's been promised to me but it hadn't been being delivered. And I you know, I was really hoping it was going to get delivered even more in the news story in the Tim special that came out today. But yeah, yeah. no, we didn't get it there either. So I loved the intimacy that was established in this story by Travis Moore, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I hate to say, I still want more. Like this story felt like it was leading up to a kiss that we were deprived of. Yeah. It, you know, they, they have this moment where they touch foreheads and it's like, this is the kiss moment. Yeah. And they didn't give it to us. And so it's starting to feel like they're being censored at this point. Um, but I love that story. And like, yeah. maybe they're building up to it, but I, I really thought we were going to get it this month. And it's, it's a shame that we didn't get that, I think. But that story is fantastic for what it did do. Uh, I, I totally agree. And, you know, when they, you know, we talked about this last year on, on the show, you know, on, on my show, um, that, I, you know, it, it doesn't really bother me when these, like, when these changes ha- happen, you know, you know, for lack of a better word, like cosmetic changes, like, oh, we're going to make Alan Scott gay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's... To me, it's like, okay, well, if, if you're doing it and it works and it makes sense, I'm okay with it. If you can justify it as a story, I'm okay with it. But if you're doing it just to be like, hey, like, we're woke too, gay people, come read comics, then I'm not okay with it, you know, because I, I, I never, I didn't read it, but I had heard that I think like in 2016 or 17 when Iceman came out uh, from the X-Men that people felt that way. Um, I'm not 100% sure if that's true or not. Wasn't really interested in the book, so I don't know, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the Iceman run and I like what they did with Iceman as a character, but it was quite a rocky road <laughs> getting to where they are now. Like right now yeah. he has this amazing uh, series by Luciana Vecchio on Marvel Unlimited and mm. it's so good. And it's taking what uh, Cena Grace did and making it even better, I think. But yeah, Bendis was the one that kind of made Iceman gay. That's and, right. Yeah. And it's like the way it happened, he was kind of outed by Jean Grey. And, you know, the reasoning oh. behind why that happened, like, I guess it could be interpreted as like, oh, look, we made, you know, it was a publicity stunt, mm-hmm. at least partially. So you know, everything is a publicity stunt, though, and everything is a retcon. So, like, making a character queer of some sort, like, I'm cool with it pretty much no matter what. I mean, I am biased because I am <laughs> always looking for representation. Yeah. But I, and, and we need all types of representation. So, yeah. like, we need, we need, oh, hey, here's a random gay character for no reason. And then we also need one where it affects their entire plot, like, like Tim Drake or Iceman like uh, it's done wonders for both of those characters I think because I think you could feel the publishers really didn't know what to do with them Mm. and there's always been this subtext around them and queer fans reading into them so I think Tim and Iceman specifically I think they've really worked recently because it's given us a new layer to the character and even gotten into the layers that we already had it added to those and I think made them even stronger more interesting no, I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, it's just, to, to me, it's like, a, you know, a good story is a good story, you know, like, for you know, sure. I, I went on about my love of Shit's Creek last year, you know, which I still, <laughs> still hold on to. And I still need to watch it. <laughs> well, yeah, you do. Okay. Uh, but, but it's, uh, you know, it, I, I don't know, it's, uh, as long as it doesn't, you know, like I said before, I don't want the stories to feel forced or you know, uh, out of character, because uh, then I'd have an issue. But um, yeah, I don't think you, like you don't want to do it if it's going to undercut something that's been introduced previously for a character. Yeah. But like, you know, with Iceman and Tim Drake, like these are aspects that fit in with the continuity. Like, yes, it's a retcon. Like I said, everything is a retcon in comics because people are just adding and taking whatever they like or don't like to the story. Yeah. So like, if we're going to take, I'm trying to think of an example of like, oh, 
<laughs> it's, it's hard for me to do this. I'm like, oh, Batman's gay. And it's like, <laughs> that would that would make his relationship with Catwoman completely altered. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, because then it's like, oh, well, he wasn't into her in this way. They did do that with Iceman with his past uh, female relationships. But I think they've honored them in a way where it's like, oh, these were still really important relationships for him. Mm. And Iceman isn't as iconic as Batman. So like <laughs> so there's you know? there's more room to play there. Exactly. Same with John Kent, essentially a new character, even though he's, he's been around since Rebirth, at, at least since Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in 2016, but still relatively new that the character could, you know, discover something new about himself. Um, oh, yeah. And, and sure. I think. And I think that was part of the problem that people, because the headlines were all were all Superman confirmed to be gay in DC Comics, and that's when a lot of people misunderstood and thought they were talking about Clark Kent. And and yeah. even then, I just would have been like, well, if Clark Kent's bisexual, like, I mean, first of all, he's an alien, so who knows? But <laughs> even with Tim Drake, you know, when he, you know, was, I was going to say, came out, he didn't exactly come out, but yeah. we were watching him go on this journey of sexuality like everyone was reporting that it was like the dead grace and robin and it's like no no it's like there's 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 been a lot of robins (laughs) yeah but Uh, i'm I'm glad we're at the point though where we can uh back to the multiple anthologies like i'm glad we have more than one (laughs) and we can say we can rank them now and we can compare them hopefully every year and even if we have a dud once in a while which i don't think either of these are duds even though some stories are stronger and others like i'm just glad to be getting them i did like the the green lantern story the i i thought it was just a you know again i i know very like pretty much nothing about that character but i thought that story was interesting so yeah it's like, i thought it was very well done the yeah. the craftsmanship behind that story the use of colors was beautiful yep uh, my favorite to besides the tim drake story i love the think of me with connor hawk i oh, thought yeah. that was very well done and the up to bat about Alicia, is it Yeo? I think how I think that's how you say it. I totally butchered her name in a previous <laughs> episode on Gotham Outsiders, and now <laughs> it feels so bad. Um, but yeah, I loved both of those stories. Yeah, um, it, you know, and I I did like the uh, the John Kent story. I thought that was interesting, and uh, reminded me a little bit of I think it was Action Comics one thousand, where like the Justice League was taking care of earth so that clark could could be there for the superman appreciation day or something like that i uh-huh. felt i felt it was a little bit like that um whether it was deliberate or not um i'm not 100 sure but um either way I, th- I thought it was interesting and you know again just it makes me love the character even more i'm just like I'm like this is so sweet you know yeah it, it makes me sad that that's the story that all the controversy is around yeah because I think there's some really beautiful things in that story and Devin Grayson who wrote it, she's a very lovely person. Um, I do think there's some moments in there that definitely deserve some critique, but mm. the level that people are taking it to like death threats and calling for her to be fired, like it, that stuff is just way too extreme, obviously. Uh, it, but yeah, like I think, I think those moments are overshadowing the good parts of that story mm. and you know, it's at the very beginning of this anthology, so it kind of set the tone, which I think is kind of unfair for the rest of the stories at this point. Right. And we should be talking about all the good things, not the couple, you know, tone deaf or, um, you know, lesser moments in it. Right, right. Um, so uh, we kind of joked uh, not too long ago that all these talks we've had, even privately, that we've never really had like a geek out session about Batman. And that's uh, right. And I, I about that. and so that that's when I thought of you with Kevin Conroy's story. I've had like Kevin Conroy fever since I was like you know a little kid watching uh, Batman the animated series because like I I was always the type of kid I was super interested in who was playing each character and like you know what their what their story was and of course like you know when you know the show came out in ninety uh, you know ninety two. You know, there's you know there was virtually no way to know back then. It's like I I saw his name on like some videotapes. That was about it, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and and then it wasn't until the uh, the Killing Joke came out that Kevin Conroy kind of finally publicly stated that he was that he was gay. 
And I was blown away. I had no idea. Um, because he always seemed like, I guess, kind of a private guy. Like, he seemed like he was very selective. I think he was, based on the story, you can see why. He was very selective of what, you know, he he would represent to people. And so anytime I, you know, would see an interview or anything with him, he was always just very much about, oh, he grew up Catholic and, you know, you know, he left home in an early age and got a scholarship to Juilliard and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, this guy just seems like so cool. And, you know, and, and it's like, and I, not that they're on any level close, but, you know, like the, the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing, I just feel like it just, we deify celebrities to the point where it's, it's sickening and, and just wrong in a lot of ways in my mind, you know, like, and people are doing it with these characters too. That's why, you know, you get uh Devin Grayson getting death threats and whatever it's like yeah, just you know, like, right it's yeah it's, John Kent is not real yeah Devin Grayson is a human being yeah <laughs> like, like it please it, be it, kind to people so I always so I always try and temper that so when I've met Kevin Conroy and I've met him a few times at different cons he's always he's always been very nice you know loves talking to the fans and I was like well this Aww. is great but you know I don't but I, but again I don't know him so who knows what he's like in real life um but um i was so but you know when that happened when he came out um at least to us as the audience i was really just kind of blown away and i was like in a weird way even though it was a public forum that he said it i think it was new york times or variety something like that um i was like i would tell people i'm like did you know did you did you know Kevin Conroy is gay? You know, and just feeling like I have to keep this secret. You know, I don't know why I felt that way. Like I was protecting him or something. Um, but I, was well, I mean, really... he didn't make a big deal about coming out. I think this is his big coming out moment because yeah. before, like you're saying, it was just kind of mentioned once or twice. Yeah, uh, very recently, the last few years, and then you know, I think this is his big moment. So the. I think we knew that he kept it hush hush just from inferring that he hadn't said so before recently. So I, I get why you felt like that. Well, it's also, you know, and, you know, again, going back to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, it's like, this is none of our business. Like, if right. he's gay, like, that doesn't, you know, who gives a shit? Like, he's, he's, you know, to me, he's still going to be Batman, you know? So I'm not going to sit there and go, well, now my childhood's ruined and I hate him. It's like, no, that doesn't change anything other than, I just, I had more respect for him learning that, oh, he went, especially reading the, the story, oh, he went through this, like, really hard time. And and I don't know. I was always just such a interesting, uh, you know, I've always found his story interesting. Like, he had a, you know, alcoholic, abusive father, and, uh, you know, his brother had, you know, uh, mental health needs, and and you know he was on uh, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast uh, Inside of You, and he went into detail about a lot of stuff. Like when he was at Juilliard, he roomed with Robin Williams, and uh, and Robin was like uh, not Batman and Robin. That's funny, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I guess he had just broken up with his girlfriend or something, and and he was crying, and his and Kevin just held him, and he cried in his arms. Um, he was, I think, he was at Juilliard at the same time as people like. Carrie Elways and Christopher Reeve and Mandy Patinkin, like, you know, powerhouse actors. And, and, you know, he's talking about all these plays he was doing and, and, you know, the story, you know, and, and we're, you know, I've mentioned this at the, um, you know, in the bio and everything, it just breaks my heart that, you know, he was hanging out with people he thought were his friends. And then, you know, his, you know, his friend who's drunk turns around and goes, Hey, faggot, come join us. And he's like, uh, no, I, I gotta go to bed. You know, like he didn't know how to react to that. And in my, you know, and it's one of those things where in, like I was tearing up reading the book because I just remember being, you know, 16, 17 years old and being that idiot that would just be like, hey, don't, don't be a, don't be a, don't be a fag, you know, or, you know, dude, don't be gay. And think, and, and in my head, it was a synonym for don't be an asshole. Don't be stupid not realizing that, oh no, th these words have meaning beyond what I'm perceiving them to mean. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I'm going to bring up a moment that <laughs> is going to tie into this, but seems a little random. But okay. because I just had this memory a couple hours ago. So I was riding in the car. Adam Lambert came on. Oh, yeah. And I start thinking about when I was a kid and he was on American Idol, I was like maybe five, six, seven, somewhere in there. And I remember liking him and thinking he was amazing. And then, you know, I grew up with parents who were like, you know, you can't be gay. Gay is not okay. Gay people are weird. And I remember we had like a family dinner. Maybe it was like Christmas time. And I saw a set of my grandparents and we were talking about American Idol and like, oh, who do you like? Who are you voting for? And she must have said, my grandmother, like, oh, you know, I'm voting for Adam Lambert. He's so good. And little kid me was like, oh, but he is gay. Like, why would you Mm. vote for him? And I remember my grandmother saying, well, so what? Like, he's very talented. Uh And I remember that, like, broke my little child brain because I was (laughs) being told two different things. Like, you know, I was being raised to think, oh, this is wrong. I can't support this in any way. Not even vote for them on American Idol, apparently. Um, so I totally, I share a part of your regret of, you know, acting stupid when you were a kid. I, you know, I totally, totally get that. Kids are stupid and parents can raise you to think really awful things that you don't realize are awful. And then you're talking about being in high school and being that kid. You know, I was kind of on the other end of that at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting on the bus and uh the kids would sit in front of me like on purpose to like harass me and you know I'm just trying to mind my own business and then these kids are like oh what's up you know faggot like and then you know they're kind of acting like they're being nice to you but not really like they're being horrible to you and then an hour later or the next day they'll be talking to you as if that never happened and it's such whiplash it's so weird um and you know you just feel like shit about yourself so like as a gay man I relate to that aspect of Kevin Conroy's story Mm -hmm. of course this is set decades ago but I think we still have some of those struggles today um and I think it's important to look at this story and remember his struggles I I'll be honest I don't have the nostalgia factor for Kevin Conroy that you do and a lot of other people do Mm -hmm. but I think his Batman is the iconic Batman so like when he came out a few years ago I remember just thinking oh wow that's really cool that I have this uh queer you know gay icon and the fact that he is Batman and you mentioned some people may be feeling like oh this ruined a part of my childhood like I haven't really seen anyone say that it's ruined Kevin Conroy Batman for them because I Um, think his Batman is just so iconic that even if they're like, oh, he should have kept that, kept that to himself. I don't care. Like his Batman is still their Batman. (laughs) And like, no matter what Kevin Conroy does or, or says, I think, you know, his Batman is just in people's hearts and always will be. You know, it's such a, it's such a, a fascinating story to me. And it, and it's what's interesting to me is him telling this story of him trying to get jobs as an actor. And as people are finding out more about his personal life, it affects his work. Like he talks about the producer that, you know, they were going to do a show together. And he's like, oh, it's been weeks. I haven't heard from the guy. I'm going to call him. And the guy's like, you should have told me. Like, you, you could have saved me a lot of, a lot of headaches. And, and I just... And what I hated was that I was like, I have heard this fucking story before. I have heard like from almost every gay person I know or, you know, follow on Twitter or, you know, TikTok, whatever. They have a similar story. And that's just mind blowing, you know, whether it was in the, you know, the late 80s, like it was for him or whether it's not that long ago. It's just it it blows my mind because it's like. Like, how are you all not used to this by now? <laughs> you know, we've had pride celebrations for a while now. You know, we've had gay people in our lives for a while now. So you being so close-minded is just, you know, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense, you know? It's funny to me <laughs> that we stereotype 
gay men as like being into theater and being actors or musical theater, whatever, like we stereotype them as actors. Yeah. And then you, and then we have producers and people in Hollywood that are like, well, no, well, you can't cast a gay man in a straight role or you Mm -hmm. can't be out and be the face of my franchise because that's a bad look. And it's like, right. <laughs> you're in a business that is filled with gay men yeah and like if they're gonna be great in a role just cast them like it's you know and like you're saying we still hear stories all the time of uh, queer men in Hollywood who are afraid to come out because they don't want to be typecast they think they won't get roles of you know, you know like being a more masculine figure uh, and it, it really sucks that that's something people have to worry about and you know as we're seeing that's still something that we're dealing with today and Kevin Conroy dealt with back in the day. I, you know, it's, it's interesting uh, with, I, I think he can, I, I think when he found Batman and the story is called finding Batman, haha, uh, but, but, you know, seriousness, <laughs> when he was doing the role, I think there's a, um, you know, from what I've heard, you know, with other voice actors, other famous voice actors, they're they're kind of like oh no we're like we're we're a, a group of people that cheer each other on whereas like on camera actors you know can be very vicious and competitive um you know it, these guys you know don't uh, aren't really like that they're like oh i don't i'm not good for this part why don't you ask so and so to do the part and and i find all that stuff really really interesting like like wow like and, and maybe and that's probably what happened with kevin conroy because he really didn't do any on-camera stuff after Batman. You know, he's stuck to voiceover work. And, you know, probably because he felt more included. Like, people didn't care if he was gay, if they even knew. They were just like, yeah, that guy who plays Batman, he's great. Like, he'd be great in this part, too. You know, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I kind of took it as, like, maybe I was reading into it too much, but I felt like it was almost implying that, like, you know, he does, he's a very slim man, at least now. And in the drawings, he looks you know like I don't want to say he's feminine but he has like a feminine build at least in this drawing Mm -hmm. so like I could see him struggling to get masculine superhero-esque roles in live action which you know we're obviously seeing something like that play out in this story so I don't think it's a stretch to just make that jump there Mm -hmm. but yeah so I think it's really powerful that he's getting to do that through voice acting here at the end and like he's given that opportunity so I think that's really beautiful that he does land it just not in the way that maybe he was expecting yeah yeah totally yeah it's uh yeah and his voice like that voice coming out of that that body (laughs) like you wouldn't expect that like no he's amazing yeah yeah Uh, with with Kevin's story though, it's it's interesting when I think about it because, I mean, on the one hand, you know, he, he's he's not a bad looking guy, you know, so uh, at least I think. Um, but uh, <laughs> you're, I think you're more infatuated than I am. <laughs> I, I I definitely am. Well, like, well, funny story about that is the first time <laughs> I ever met him was at New York Comic Con in 2011. They were promoting. Um, I believe it was Justice League Doom and um, and and the Arkham City game because it had just come out like that weekend and and Batman Year One he wasn't in Batman Year One but um, but anyway so you know we go to the panel and then they're like oh you know they're they're going to be autographing at this side and my sister turned to me and was like we need to go to that that autograph table like right now. So we like ran out of the the showing room and you know we got we were like first in line and it's like any of these things I never get starstruck you know I'm pretty much always just like oh this is a, they're a human being they're cool nope it was it was fucking Batman so he looks at me and he goes I'm holding some comics for him to sign and he was like he's like hey how you doing today having a good show and I was like can can you sign these please <laughs> and he was like okay and then it took me a second to get my bearings and. <laughs> um i get it because because you'll appreciate this i just met amber benson oh yeah uh, at a convention i also met charisma carpenter but amber benson was uh worse for me just because she's amber benson so 
I, I it takes a lot to get me like starstruck these days mm-hmm. but so i i feel it no i uh i was really i was i was really just like there he is right in front of me and and he yeah. signed my and he signed my books and it's funny because i've i've always been like i don't care if i have to pay for it every time i'll go and meet kevin conroy every time and get him to sign some new comic because like he'll he can sign literally any batman comic and i'm cool with it well, maybe not like the Tim Fox Batman comics, but you know. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I, I I was so like you know like starstruck. And um, have you ever heard of the podcast? It's called I Hear Voices. It has uh, Chrissy Carlson Romano and Wolf Friedle from uh, Kim Possible. Maybe I have because I knew she was doing a podcast, but I didn't realize it was that one. If, uh, I mean, if you're ever looking for just for like wholesome content, that's, uh-huh. I'd recommend it. You know, they're just so sweet and they have all different voice actors on there. They had Kevin Conroy, of course. Um, oh. But, uh, you know, they, they talk about, um, oh, gosh, now I forgot where I was going with that. Um, well, they, well, no, no, what they talk about is at, at different conventions, they're like, you know, we, you know, you'll see like this guy who was just in the latest Marvel movie and he's got a huge line. But then the lines that go around the block are oftentimes the voice actors. And mm. more often than not, it's Kevin Conroy, you know? And Kevin Conroy is always talking about how, you know, he loves when people come up and say, oh, I loved the show when I was a kid. Now I'm showing it to my kids. And um, and I've had a little bit of that with my daughter, you know. I, you know, she gets really into the, uh, the Adam West, no, 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 Batman song. And she's like, can oh, yeah. we listen to that again? I'm like, yeah, we can listen to it again. And, uh, I mean, you know, of course she's all about like frozen and princesses, but every now and then I try to sneak some Batman in there and, and, you know, she still likes it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think about meeting celebrities at conventions. Like I was just talking to someone and they were like, well, I always just feel weird and like putting them in that position. And I'm like, well, they're here. They obviously need the money. So I feel like <laughs> I'm supporting them and like, yeah. I'm getting something out of it and they're getting something out of it. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Uh, one year, um, it was a couple years later, I went to, back to New York Comic Con, saw him again, and I was dressed as, uh, uh, my, my, the, the joke was, I'm Batman if Bruce Wayne was poor. So I just <laughs> did, like, eye makeup like Bucky, or I guess eventually what Robert Pattinson did. So I just had the eye makeup, <laughs> uh, a Batman t-shirt, a black trench coat, and fingerless gloves. Because I was like, oh, this would be like what like Bruce Wayne had to just make his costume out of nothing. This is what he would make. And and I asked to get a picture with Kevin, and he said, "What, what what's your costume?" Like he was the only one that asked. Like nobody else cared. They just thought I was just some dude. Um, and I was like, "Oh, I'm Batman." If Bruce Wayne was poor, and he thought that was hysterical, he just started <laughs> laughing. And I was like, and in my head, I was like, "Tell him you have a whole story, and that you should pitch it to DC right now." I was like, no, don't, don't, don't. Just take the <laughs> so I never pitched him the story, but uh, <laughs> um, I thought it was a good one. Anyway, maybe for another day um but uh it was but you know he's like he's he was always so sweet i did during the pandemic i did a you know like a three minute meet and greet with him through galaxy con um yeah yeah and you know and and i've you know and for my birthday a couple years ago uh my friends got me a cameo from him and i was crying the whole video because you know at first he was like you know i am batman you know and saying different batman lines and then he was like He's like, okay, now it's just Kevin. Happy birthday, JJ, you know? Like, you know, you you have such great friends that love you, and that's what we got to depend on is love from your family and friends. And and I was just, like, in tears going, he's saying my name, and he's saying Jesse's name? He knows all our names, you know? Yeah. It was uh, was really sweet. But uh, I, you know, so, you know, when I hear stories like this from people that, you know, that I know and like, you know, whether it's Kevin Conroy or you or, you know, other, like, family I have that's that's come out, it, it always breaks my heart because I'm like, I can't believe somebody would treat you that way, you know? Like, it, it just, like, it just, you know, it's so like, un- unthinkable in a lot of ways. Like, I, I don't know, I would never treat someone different because they were different from me, you know? Like, People are mean, especially <laughs> kids are mean, uh, yeah. tying into my school story. Um, 
And I think the way we're seeing people be horribly treated is changing. Like the aggressions that Kevin was experiencing in this story, I think in 2022, maybe this looked a little different. Like these gay men in Hollywood are still being excluded and ostracized and talked about, but maybe not in the same way, maybe not so publicly uh, or calling them like slurs to their face. I feel like that's a little bit more frowned upon these days, but you know, maybe there's like more microaggression things going on and they're still not getting the roles that they should be. So yeah, I think, I think the, the horribleness that we're talking about is yeah. still there. It's just different these days. And, you know, hopefully one day it will get smaller and smaller and go away. I, you know, but I also love that there's, there's consequences for this stuff now, you know, uh, Gina Carana or whatever the hell her name is, I don't care, uh, you know, from who's making all these, saying all this, you know, from the Mandalorian, who's saying all this ridiculous stuff about how being, you know, a Republican in Hollywood is like being in, you know, Auschwitz. And, and, you know, and Disney and Lucasfilm, they were like, you got to stop saying that shit. Like, that's not okay. And, you know, she kept doing it. And then they they fired her. And, you know, suddenly you have people trying to come to her defense. And I'm just like, no, no, no. She said horrible things. That's just well, and people even kept warning her. And it's at that point she made a decision to stick to what she believes, mm-hmm. no matter how right or wrong we think it was. She made yeah. that decision to stand by what she wanted to say, and she said it. And there were consequences. Yeah, and and that's the thing that I don't that I don't think you know, like people don't understand the term uh, free speech, you know, because. It's like, oh, you know, First Amendment, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, that protects you so that if you call Joe, if you say, let's go Brandon about Joe Biden, by the way, if you say that, you sound like an idiot. Um, But you know what I mean? Like, if you're doing that, that means the government can't come to your house and take you away. But if you're saying that to a group of friends who are like annoyed with you and say, get the hell out of here, I don't want to hear you say that. Like, my free speech is violated. It's like, no, 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 it's not. You can say it. I just don't have to listen to it. So right, right. there are consequences, even right. if you're allowed to say what you want to say. Right. And so there's a, I wouldn't even call it a, du- a double-edged sword. People think it is, but I don't think it is at all. It's just, you know, a, you know, if I was still that 17 year old talking to you that way, if you were like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I don't like the way you're talking to me. Then you, you'd have every right to do that. Even if I was sitting there going, oh, I'm just kidding. Like, what's the, what's the big deal? It's, it's a joke. It's like, no, it's, it's not okay. You know, I and think part of what we're getting into too with social media right now is that back in Kevin Conroy's time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. I'm sure he felt very isolated, not just from how he was being treated or the AIDS epidemic that was also going on. Like nowadays, we're connected with everyone online. So even if I'm, you know, a closeted kid, well, which I was, I had Tumblr when I was 15. <laughs> Yeah. So I had an outlet online where I could still connect with people. And even though I wasn't being my true self in my real life, I could be that way online. And, it, you know, it's really hard to put myself a couple decades back where I wouldn't have had that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine how isolating that would feel. So, like, I think that just really adds to the loneliness in this story, too, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's very sad just to think of someone so isolated. It it is, and it's and you know, like I said, he just he's always struck me as a very warm, giving person. So to feel like, well, there was a time when he was ostracized just because of who he was is is sad. Um, but I, but I, you know, and it was such a new twist on the the story of how he, you know, found Batman because he's always said in other interviews that when he went in to read, you know, when he went into audition, they were like, they were like, oh, well, you know, um, what do you know about Batman? And he was like, well, you know, I, I watched the Adam West show when I was a kid. And they're like, okay, no, 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 it's not like that. It's not like that. Forget that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, it's, you know, it's like, you know, his, his parents were murdered. He's this, he's this tortured soul and he fights crime, you know, to try and make up for what happened to him. And he was like, well, that's interesting. You're telling the Hamlet story. And they were all like, oh, my gosh, that's so interesting. Nobody's ever said that before. And and in this story, he's sitting there 
thinking about Bruce Wayne, you know, seeing his parents die, and then thinking about how he's been treated his whole life, from his family to his friends, colleagues, till suddenly he's just like, they're like, you know, do you think you can, you know, figure out the character? And he was like, yeah, I, I think I can. And I found yeah. that to be so interesting because I, like, for two reasons. One, because that's an interesting enough story that it, that it, that he, what he was telling built to, but it also was exciting thinking. I love, I love hearing actors' processes and where they make their choices, which I feel like we, we hear less and less of some of these days, you know, where, you know, it's like whether they're in it for the paycheck or they just feel like, oh, I'm just naturally talented so I can just be any character. When it's like, you know, no, there's, there's work that should be going into this. And I loved yeah. hearing that, that Kevin put the work into it and was like, no, I, I, I can draw from my own personal experiences and really, you know, bring that to the character. And I mean, it shows. There's a reason that he's been everybody's favorite Batman for the past 30 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think all of us bring our own baggage to Batman. So like yeah. when we're reading and, you know, he loses his parents and we're all reading it as if like, <laughs> you know, oh, I've gone through something similar Mm-hmm. And, you know, not just with the loss of the parents, but anything. We're like, yeah. oh, I can relate to this because I've been through something similar, even if it hasn't been the same thing. Right. But I think the difference with Kevin Conroy's experiences here are that a lot of them are based off of his sexuality and how he was discriminated against and his experiences. And we have a whole culture around that with a group of people. So, mm-hmm. like, over on Gotham Outsiders, almost every reading we do is, like, from... The queer perspective so yeah i found it very powerful here that we're seeing in a way kevin's experiences as a gay man that's what turned him into batman yeah. like i find that very powerful and seeing those last couple pages where they're side by side with like him going through these things or him in the alley but with his father i think it is on on his deathbed like yeah that was just really powerful to see it's almost it's kind of like the dc got away with doing a gay batman story in the pride <laughs> yeah. anthology without actually doing a gay batman story yeah uh, just because kevin conroy is batman for so many people so they got away with it yeah that's that's a uh that's a good way to put it um yeah i i just i i you know i mean i found the story so fascinating and i and i've read and i've read so many interviews with him listened to you know, listen to interviews, podcasts that he's done. And I'm like, his story is just so interesting. And, you know, and, and there was a time where I sort of glamorized it thinking like, it's so cool that like he lived in New York when it was like cheap to live in New York. And he, um, you know, and he studied at Juilliard and, you know, and he did all these acting roles and then he got Batman and he's kind of set for life because of it. Cause he'll always be Batman. He'll always go to conventions and walk out with, you know, trash bags uh-huh. full of money and, <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's awesome. And then there's this whole other layer to him that I didn't know about that really, I found profoundly like touching. It was just like, I, I, I felt, I felt like he was telling the story to me, you know? So yeah. I was just, you know, even though this is available for everybody to read, especially if DC universe infinite is free on there. Um, but uh, for me, it was just like, like no, I, I, like, like I said about that article. It's like, no, it's like he's talking to me. Like he just, he has a really good way of, uh, you know, he's he's like that at cons. I feel like, and uh, at least that, that's how that's been my experience. And he's, uh, and now he's sharing his this quote unquote untold gay Batman story with the world. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think part of that is that people never want to seem weak. especially when we're trying to seem strong or that we have everything going for us so like the fact that his story was so idealized for you you know it was probably on purpose he wanted it to be that way um Mm. for both you and him I'm sure he wanted to pretend but I think he seems to be at the point now where he feels like he can be honest and share his experiences and by doing that he can be not just an icon by being Batman but now he is you know a, a gay man who is iconic not just for being Batman but also sharing his personal experiences and overcoming them mm-hmm. so I think for him I think that's really 
a really beautiful thing too. I agree. Um, and you know, and now it's exciting to think that at the next con he's going to go to, people are going to bring up the, you know, DC Pride and have him sign it for them, and he'll have all new stories to tell about people coming up to him and saying, "When you came out, it made me feel comfortable and stuff like that." Because, you know, a lot of you know, because he's he's talked about how like when voiceover actors a lot of times they'll you know they'll see like an autistic kid and they but the kid will um like like the, the only way they knew how to communicate was through like cartoons or something like that and so they get to meet these voiceover actors and they just and they can speak they can act you know you know they you know as if they they don't have a handicap, I guess, is the best way I can put that, and I hope that doesn't offend anybody. The way I said it, I just couldn't think of a better way. <laughs> um, so, I and I think it'll be a little bit like that. Like, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that, you know. And like I said, you know, if he goes to New York Comic Con, I'll flash my press badge and say, like, "Hey, you want to do an interview?" And also, can you sign this real quick? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's feeling a weight lifted. Like. He, the fact that he was so quiet about all this for decades and the fact that he, this is kind of his tell-all yeah. story. Uh, so I just, I'm, I feel a lot of, I don't know what the word is. Like I'm, like I'm proud of him, but I'm also happy for him. Yeah. Because I'm sure he's feeling a lot of peace right now. And, you know, that, you know, and I'm not even a huge fan, <laughs> but <laughs> as a human, I'm just very, very happy for him. Yeah, no, I, I I totally get that, and that's sort of also the the beauty of uh, of comic books is you can tell any story, you know these are all superhero stories, but his while it technically is about Batman, it's not a superhero story. It's very much his story, and that's what I love about comic books is that you can tell any kind of story, and and have it work in in ways that maybe it wouldn't have worked if it had been a movie or you know, like a, a TV show or something. Um, or if you just told this exact story in an interview, like, no, like there, there was a, there was a way to do it that made it, that, that, that made it more interesting than if he was just like, well, let me tell you when I was, you know, when I was in, you know, in Hollywood in the eighties or whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like, no, like, does any of that make sense? I feel like <laughs> rambling a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, like they used the medium to the best of their ability to tell the story. And I yeah. think they did it really effectively. My first reaction to reading this was like, oh, well, this kind of stood out from the rest because it's nonfiction. And full disclaimer, I'm not super into nonfiction. <laughs> so yeah. when I got to this one, I was like, okay, here we go. Let's see how, how this one is. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it's very powerful to have this in a superhero anthology and along all those other stories because I think in a way you can argue that this is a superhero story because mm -hmm. he's overcoming these things in a way that's very heroic and then literally literally on the last page we have him becoming a, basically a superhero in his own way like yeah. you know on the on the page textually uh he felt Batman rising from deep within it's like in a way he did become Batman yeah. So I think we could argue it is a superhero story, and I think that's very beautiful. It it is uh, very well said, um, T, you know, TJ. This has been an absolute blast, and this time just like flew by. By the way, <laughs> like uh, before, I know it's been almost an hour. We were talking. Um, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Well, I want to thank you first yeah. because oh, yeah. we just talked about this anthology over on Gotham Outsiders, mm -hmm. but when we got to this story, I kind of stayed quiet. And then when it was my turn, I was like, well, it's kind of a story that's in the middle for me. Like, I don't love it. Everyone else seems to love it. And I just feel like I'm not getting it. You know, I was I was very open about not having the nostalgic fa factor for Kevin Conroy. So I didn't really know what to say. And I mm -hmm. felt like I didn't appreciate the story very much when I read it the first time. Like, okay, I appreciated it, but I didn't enjoy it and I don't know if this is a story you're supposed to enjoy <laughs> and that's what I wanted from the anthology so getting to this one it was a very different experience from the rest that's, that's um, true so anyway I was very excited to get to come on here and really get into this story and give me 
new perspective because you're such a major Kevin Conroy fan. Mm. You taught me a lot in this discussion that I didn't know about him. So that oh. was very nice. And yeah, anyway, you just gave me a chance to appreciate this story more than I had before. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. Uh, this, this, like I said, this has been an absolute blast. Um, so if people are looking for you out there in the interwebs, where can they find you? You can find me at Troyfin2 on Twitter, where I talk about books and gay things, gay <laughs> books, uh, and Batman pretty frequently now. I've been converted. But you can find me talking about Batman all the time over on Gotham Outsiders. That's at Gotham Outsiders on Twitter, or you can look us up on any podcast platform as well. And we're talking about all sorts of pride things this month, uh, talking about DC pride books from the last year, like Superman, Son of Galel, Aquaman, The Becoming. And then we're going to be talking to some of the creators behind this very anthology very soon. So those will be up very soon go check them out i am very much looking forward to that uh it's always a blast getting you on the show um this uh this has been awesome and uh and yeah uh, i'm glad you agreed i'm glad i could help offer a new perspective on everything and yeah. um uh, and and also we can have a nice discussion as opposed to being like well i don't really have the nostalgia for kevin conroy it's like well, get on my show like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well when you asked me and you're like hey i'm gonna talk about the kevin conroy story i was like Oh, I don't know what I'm going to say, but <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that you were very easy to bounce off of and we had a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for me, you can find me Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mostly Twitter, at 4ComicJunkies. That's F-O-R, Comic Junkies. Don't know why I keep spelling it out for people. You can see it when you read the podcast. I don't know. Um, but, you know, to all of you out there, we... You know, we say thank you for listening and uh, and be your true self, you know, find your Batman. Who's your Batman? My Batman is Kevin Conroy. So <laughs> be your own Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, my message. <laughs> that's even better. Just forget everything I said. He just he, <laughs> he did it. He did it better. <laughs>